It is October 22nd, 2019. Welcome to episode 16 of Versatel Talk. I am your host, David Newton. And in this episode, we take a break from uh, our interviews with different people around the sport of hydroplane racing because I had a great experience happen to me a couple weeks ago over at Mahogany Merlot. And I'm going to talk all about my experience for that weekend, all the vintage boats there, the excitement that that weekend brings to the Chelan area in eastern Washington, but also I got a chance to ride in an unlimited hydroplane. So I'm going to spend some time talking to you about that because, man, it was a thrill. I can't, I can't tell you how amazing that was, but I'll attempt to in, my, in our next segment. So I hope you're comfortable, sit back, relax, and welcome to Rooster Tail Talk. Well, welcome. As I said, today we don't have any interviews lined up for you, but I wanted to talk about this great event that the Hydroplane and Raceboat Museum uh, holds every year. And this is actually their 10th annual event for Mahogany and Merlot. And for those not from the area or not familiar with the event, uh, they, the Hydroplane and Raceboat Museum, they take over the town of Chelan. It's a small town over in eastern Washington. And they they take over the town with vintage uh, hydroplanes, different vintage boats, um, and they put on a great show. They they give out rides to people who who donated for that for the cause, and they put on a, a great display of boats. They had thirty three vintage hydroplanes there uh, over the weekend of the fifth and sixth, and they have them out there mainly to run. But there were a few that were on there there just for display. It was a great event. Really hope that if you haven't experienced it yet, you get to over there soon to experience this. They do it every year in the fall. Once the regular racing season has concluded, they they put on a great, great event. They have, it's not just the boats there. There's a car show Friday night. We got over there a little bit late for the, for the show, but we got there Friday night and they closed down the main boulevard, the main strip of town. And they had different uh, vintage cars. They had some displays. They had some of the boats were down there. And it's just a fun weekend. Um, during the event as well, uh, both Saturday and Sunday, they in the park there, they had a lot of arts and crafts booths. They had uh, live rock and roll music. That was pretty fun. They had right there um, in front of the beach. And Saturday night, they even had a fireworks display uh, we, we, my family and I, we stayed at the Grand View on the lake and we had a room that overlooked Lake Chelan. So we just, just stepped out on the balcony at nine o'clock that night and we got to watch the fireworks. My son enjoyed that. That was really fun. Uh, a great addition for the event. But as I said, they had 33 vintage hydroplanes there. So they had a lot to look through and a lot to check out. Eight of which, eight of those hydroplanes were unlimited. So check this out. They had the Miss Wahoo, the 1958 Bartle, the 1963 Bartle, the Miss US 5, that Lauderback type hull. They had the, the Evans Brothers, uh, Blue Chip was there, the Breathless 3, the original Breathless 2, I guess, but it's painted up as the Blue Chip. Um, they also had the 73 Pan Pack, the Hurricane 4, the faux, I don't know what you, I don't know what you want to call this. It's the Miss Burian, but they put the 
Old Boy Alberto stickers on it this year. So it's Old Boy Alberto. I've heard, I've heard Old Boy, Oberian, Old Boy, Oberian. But we'll just say the Old Boy Alberto slash Berian was there. And they also had a couple other pretty noticeable uh, hydroplanes. Uh, that was really cool. They had a Notre Dame from the 1930s. Uh, that was just, um, oh man, it was just, it was restored, just immaculately restored. I couldn't believe the quality that the the fellows did on that job, that Notre Dame. And I never got a chance to meet <clears throat> the individuals that were in charge of that boat, but they did such a fantastic job. I don't think I've seen a hydroplane as well restored. You looked every square inch of it was was pristine. Everything was polished. Beautiful dashboards that the mahogany green decks were beautifully restored. Just every every part of it just looked brand spanking new. It was beautiful. Uh, also there, it didn't run. Unfortunately, I, I wanted to see this one run, the Shanty 2, the failed Shanty 2 project. Uh, it, it was <laughs> it's a cool book to see too. All aluminum. Uh, it doesn't have the original Allison that was in the boat, but it has um, a smaller... Uh, I think it's Chevy blocks in there, but it still runs and it makes a wake and makes some noise. And I was hoping to see that run. Unfortunately, there was some issues with paperwork, so I didn't get out there. But I did get a long, good chat, chat with the owner, and hopefully we can talk to him uh, for a show once sometime soon and talk about his um, deeds and restoring that boat because that's a chore of its own, restoring an all aluminum hydroplane. Looked really cool. I got a chance to sit in it. That was that was pretty neat. Pretty wild to think that they tried to run that and try and uh, unsuccessfully. But it was uh, some of my favorite boats are the, the unique ones and odd ones, and that's that sure is one of them. Um, there was a chapter dedicated to that boat, the Shandy 2, in uh, Doug Ford's book at the museum, What Were They Thinking? So if you're not sure what I'm looking, I'm talking about and you have a copy of that book, open it up and read the chapter on the Shandy 2. And, it was there in all its beauty and, go, go, and glory. Also, they had the My Sin. Uh, I was really surprised to see that one. I never thought I would see that run. Um, that was pretty cool to see out there on the water. But there was just a ton of inboards that were down there. There was one that was really cool was Tom DeEath. He owns a, an old uh, inboard called the Miss Washington, D.C. And they had it out there and they ran it with Scott Pierce. And it looked just awesome on the water. They put on a great show that old lauderback hall and they put in some some uh they probably pushed it a little bit further than tom wanted to but scott had it looking good out there that was fun to watch that on the water uh doug brow also had the vitamilk uh his dad's old boat i think they had some issue early in saturday so they didn't i don't know if they even got to run i got to late saturday and i think it was already broken so i don't know if they got in the water or not uh, but they had the country girl gold streak and uh, they also had the buccaneer that was fun to watch the Buccaneer. I had sat down with a friend <clears throat> on Sunday uh, on a log down there at the on the beach, and it was fun to see see those boats run the the Gold Streak and the Buccaneer. And one thing that's cool about these vintage displays when they run them on the water like this, I'm too young. I didn't I didn't get ever I didn't get a chance to experience inboards racing on Green Lake, and I've heard it was such an amazing event. It was. A lake that was in Seattle. Uh, they got kicked off in the early 80s, I believe, because a, a snow leopard passed away at a neighboring zoo, and it was blamed because of the noise 
of the hydroplane, so they got kicked off. But the lake was just the perfect size for inboard racing and lots of great places to watch. And they had some great racing there. And I can only imagine seeing those boats race back there in the 70s and early 80s. So it was, it was fun to, to experience that. And they also had some great Chris Crafts. I don't know if they had 20, 30 Chris Crafts on display there. They had down on the docks. You could walk around and check them out up close and personal. And there were some beautiful works there. Some that were for sale. I promised my wife I wasn't going to buy any of them. Not that I have the money to, but uh, it was fun to to look look through those. And they even went out and did a parade lap or two uh, on Saturday. That was an, another neat addition to this event. Well, I've talked a lot about the boats that were running there over the weekend. On Saturday, I got an audio clip of, of a few of the boats on the water. I believe the Blue Chip, the 63 Bartol, the 73 Pack were out there. And I believe even... So let's listen in on a few of the vintage boats out in the water. Well, I hope that gave you some goosebumps, gave me some. Uh, it's always awesome just to hear hydroplanes on the water, especially when they have some Merlins and Allison engines out there and make some, make some good noise. So there was a lot to see there. There was boats everywhere. Lots of great friends and family were there. And this wasn't my first year going. This has been a great event. I've gone many years. But the biggest reason I went this year is because I got a chance to ride in the 1958 Miss Bardall. This was definitely a bucket list item for me. I know if you're a Hydroplane fan listening in, this is a bucket list item for you as well. And you can make it happen too, and I'll talk about that later in the episode. But I, I cannot describe, I'll, I'll try to describe it, but it's just it was unbelievable to get out on the race course in an unlimited Hydroplane back from the 50s. Really like a 70-year-old Hydroplane cruising around the course. It was unbelievable. So I got a ride from... Jeff Richards, and some of you out there may recognize the name. He's an old limited racer with many wins. And he was a crew chief of the Drop Sponson Alberta Registration. That boat is currently upside down in the shop at the Hydroplane Race Boat Museum. So he lended a hand and drove the Bartle um, and gave some good rides out Saturday of Mahogany Merlot. 
Luckily for me, I got my ride. I was waiting all day for it, and I got to see lots of people have go out, have a great ride, and come back with huge smiles, and I was really anxious to get out there. Luckily enough for me, I got my ride about 5.30 on Saturday evening. They closed the race course at 6. I'm not sure if I was the last one in the Bartle or if there was one more after me, but I was one of the last ones for sure that day in the Bartle. Unfortunately for my friend uh, Jim Clark, he got to go out Sunday morning, and unfortunately they broke a Merlin engine, and um, so Jim only got about a lap in the boat. Crazy enough for him, that's uh, quite a unique experience, seeing a Merlin engine explode right in front of you, have flames shooting out of the motor about five feet from your face. But he didn't get a full full ride, so I feel very fortunate that I was one of the people ahead of him and got to have a full three laps in the boat. I think if I could describe my ride in one word, it would be surreal. As I was out on the race course, I was thinking, this is the same boat that won the 1958 Apple Cup right here in Chelan, right here on this lake, with Norm Evans driving. And that alone is just crazy, right? But also you think about the other people that drove that boat. He had Myra Slovak in there, who won a national championship. You had Billy Shoemaker race that hydroplane. You had tons of names and people of people associated with this Bartle over all the years. A pretty monumental boat to get a chance to ride in. So all, there's all these like surreal moments you have when you're in, in a hydroplane like this and you're a fan like I am. But also another surreal moment I had out in the course was we're going down the back stretch and we're approaching 100, 110, 120 miles an hour. And right on the other side of the course, you could see the Wahoo coming up the front stretch. And that's a vantage point that, as a fan, you really don't get uh, to take for granted of how cool that is, seeing another race boat on the course with you. Because it's just, it's not the same as being on the on the shoreline there. It's it was very cool to see another high, another another rooster tail on the water, and especially the Wahoo, another monumental boat of the sport. But another word I would describe this ride as was violent. It's a violent ride. I cannot believe, and I know my dad said this too when he got a ride in a boat, but he can't he couldn't believe it either. But I can't believe people actually race these things. They must have been crazy back then to be racing these six thousand pound hydroplanes that just rock and roll over the water and you it, it's it, everything's shaking i was trying to i was trying my hardest to look down at the gauges to see what the oil pressure were was what the rpms was and <clears throat> and there was another gauge and i couldn't even read that but everything was vibrating so hard you, it was unreal how violent this thing is and it's loud and there's exhaust fumes coming up off the motor uh, for about a half a lap, I thought my, my goggles were on my or my visor or my helmet was fogging up, but it was just the exhaust fumes coming off of the Merlin. So <laughs> I got used to that. Didn't worry about my visor anymore and just enjoyed the ride. And man, oh man, so much fun. But you get to the end of the straightaway. He, uh, Jeff slowed the boat down, and you go to turn it, and nothing happens. And all of a sudden, it's like the boat drops anchor or hits a brick wall and you get shoved into the side of the hull and then the boat starts bouncing and hopping and, and bucking and it make, somehow makes its way around the corner. It's unbelievable that they would race boats like that 
and have such fast competition laps and be so close on the water and god it was cool it's cool it's weird just wild to think about that but i got out there jeff drove three good laps around the course he said he got up to about 130 miles an hour when you're going down the straightaway everything's kind of irrelative you you get kind of lost in, in the motions of everything going on you don't really pick up on the speed but the the corners that's where you really feel it and, and you notice if you're going fast or not so it was bucking and and uh, we hung on and it was quite the ride it's just one of those it's one of those memories that's going to stick with me and i'm going to continue to to share that and hopefully i can get another another chance one day it'd be fun to to get another shot maybe going uh, a pickle fork or going to cab over so you don't have the exhaust fumes in your way you can see a little bit clearly right and see what kind of a difference that is because you've heard through the years when people fought trying to you know stay behind the engines so they could get a better feel of the ride and and how different it is being up front so but i'm i'm very fortunate i got a chance to cross it off my bucket list and i'm so grateful for all the people that made that happen to me and i can think of a few people right now uh one is don mock He's very instrumental down at the Hydroplane Race, Race Boat Museum. Done a lot of things for me to help help me out and uh, make that happen. And I couldn't uh, be happier that uh, that went through. Uh, David Williams, another another man. He's, I mean, really, he's he puts the show on, right? He's the guy that's in charge of everything down there and's made the museum what it is today, um, with help from many many people. But uh, he's kind of the go-to guy and and their efforts made this happen i am very I'll, I'll be forever thankful to both of them for all their efforts to make it happen and then the other person i, I want to thank and i wish i wish to god i could i could thank him today uh, in person but uh my father roger newton for all the stuff he's done for me but for the hydroplane museum and the sport of hydroplane racing if it wasn't for his efforts that he put in all those years and drug me down there to help out in the museum and help out in all other hydroplane shops that uh, this wouldn't have happened. So I really want to thank Don Mock, David Williams, and, and my father, Roger Newton, because with their, with their help, I got the chance to, to, to get my ride. And man, it was two weeks ago and I'm still smiling thinking about it. So I don't think that smile will ever go away. Well, you're probably sitting there thinking, I'm tired of hearing you talk about that, but about how, how much you liked it. But I want to know, how do I get a chance? I want to get a ride, too. Well, you're in luck. The museum, they can they can make it happen for you. So there's two ways I know, well, two legal ways I know, how you can get a ride, at least, from a boat from the museum. And there, there are two different ways. One is, is a financial way. Um, looking at the website, there's a way you can you can donate money. And you can go through what they call their driver's school program. So if you donate $1,800, you get a chance to ride in an unlimited hydroplane from the museum. So it looks, sounds like it's a driver's school. And they put you through the, the rakes and they, they teach you what to do. And they include a three-lap co-driving experience. So you get to drive one of the beautifully restored unlimited hydroplanes with an experienced veteran driver. After you get taught what to do with everything, you'll get a chance to race it and drive it yourself. So you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't have an extra $2,000 I could spend on that. There's another way. You can volunteer 
down at the museum. The museum always has a lot of projects going on, whether it's archiving different um, historical f figures or um, data or pictures or what have you, to working on some of the restoration pieces that they have. They're, they always have a lot of opportunities and a lot of ways that you can help the museum and volunteer. If you log your hours and you help the museum out with your efforts and you log a thousand hours in, you can get a ride and then a hydroplane. That's how many people do it. Uh, the museum, they don't really have the means to have a huge staff of people working on everything, but they take volunteer and they really ask for all the help that they can get. It's a great organization that you can help them uh, to keep, really keep the history alive for the sport. And it runs on volunteers. So do your part, do a thousand hours, working on boats, work cleaning the shop, helping out the main office, cataloging the archives, and you can get a ride in a hydroplane. So if you're interested in doing that, the Hydroplane Race Boat Museum is down in Kent, Washington. You can get in touch with them a few different ways. They have a website, www.thunderboats.org. Or you can give them a call at 206-764-9453. Or lastly, if you don't want to talk on the phone, you want to email, you can email them at info at thunderboats.org. Finally, before I end the show, I want to put a question out to the viewers and listeners out there in podcast land. I've done a few interviews this year. I've talked to some people very active in the sport right now, some drivers, owners. i talked to some people who were very active many years ago and hold a big stake in the in the sport of hydroplane racing and put a lot of efforts to make it the way it is today. But I really want to know, who do you want to hear me interview? If you have suggestions on who you'd like to be interviewed, please email me at roostertailtalk at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your suggestions. This winter, I'm going to make it a focus to talk to people around the sport um, in the present and past I want to hear more stories and, and get them out to you. I've had a lot of fun talking to the people I have so far, and I've got some great ideas down the road. But if you have suggestions you want to send my way, please let me know. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our 16th episode. I had such a fantastic time and still can't believe I got a chance to ride in an unlimited hydroplane. Make sure you check back with us next week. Our next episode will be released Tuesday, October 29th at 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Also, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your podcast player as well as rate and review your experience. For more updates and hydroplane news, check us out on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We also have our website online at www.roostertailtalk.com. On the website, you can sign up for email subscription list to get notifications on upcoming episodes, hydroplane news, podcast updates, and much, much more. Finally, this is a free podcast to all of our listeners. But if you're really enjoying your experience and want to help us to continue to grow and expand, please donate. You can find a link to donate through PayPal on our website under the support tab. So until next time, I hope to see you at the races.